Hey guys, this is Lubitsa. Um, before we start the show this week, I just wanted to give a big thank you to all the people who have shared the show uh, with other folks or tweeted us or joined the Facebook group. Um, we really appreciate all the support. Um, we really like sharing our thoughts and conversations with you guys. So um, thanks so much for sharing it with more people. And if you ever want to, you know, share your thoughts with us about our discussions or whatever else, um, we'd love to hear from you. So, um, yeah. Okay. Thanks and enjoy the show. Bye. Welcome to the Cold Pizza Party Podcast. My name's Lubitsa. And I'm Adam. And today we're going to talk murder. <laughs> <laughs> or more specifically, murder TV. We usually talk about politics or TV. And this week I want to talk about um, all the, I guess, like true crime TV that exists and that we watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I have always been into it and I've all and especially lately I've been watching like a lot of true crime I feel like so I was trying to think about it a little bit and I had some thoughts and ideas that I wanted to share with Adam and get okay. his thoughts and ideas okay. okay there's a lot of great true crime shows lately yeah that's really that's actually where this started for me is because you said that we were watching a, a show called evil lives here and you said man, they're making a lot of great true crime shows lately. And I was thinking, yeah, like, they've really upped the caliber, you know? Like, if you think about, like, the classic ones, like... um, 2020, 48 Hours. Yeah, Dateline, Snapped, um, Dominic Dune, remember him? Um, You know, 48 Hours, did I mention that one? Forensic Files. Yeah. Remember those? Like, they had, like, pretty standard straightforward sort of way that they told the story that it all was like very similar it was all very black and white too yeah they always get the right person at the end yeah but also i think one of the interesting things about those older ones was that they seem to be trying to have like um Especially, like, when you think of, like, 48 Hours or Dateline or On the Case with Paula Zahn, you know? They're trying to have some, like, veneer of, like, news and, like, respectability. Like, this is a news story and that's why we're supposed to care about it. Yeah. And, um... So, I was thinking, like, it's interesting that um, in these news shows, like, you never see the interviewer. It's always, like, the person telling you. Like yeah, from their true. like first perspective, it has more of like a documentary, I guess, feel to it. What a do lot they, of times. they call it? Confessionals in reality. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. It's more like a Real Housewives style of talking about it. Yeah, and I think that that's interesting because before the respectability was supposed to come from the fact that there was like someone from like you know NBC's news team or whatever doing the interview, yeah. um, but. It always felt sort of like tawdry or like, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, it's like news that someone got murdered. But you're also like, you know, asking like the the victims like mom, like questions that are clearly going to make the woman cry. And the, yep. there's like this level of like gawking and, you know, yeah. like at someone's like misfortune. And yeah, I don't know. So and it's funny, those interviews, like you're saying relied on like deriving authority from the fact that there's a journalist there yeah but who would ever consider those people seriously as journalists yeah this and now it's like the opposite it's like the fact that they have put like a steady cam on one person and they're like telling you their story that's what makes it feel like really authentic and that's where like the mm-hmm. authority comes from the person telling you the story and then I was thinking, like, that's actually kind of how news is, like, in general now. Like, it used to be, like, like Walter Cronkite or someone, and that's, like, they were the ones who told you the news, and that, and you were supposed to care about these stories because, you know, I don't know, NBC News and Walter Cronkite or whatever channel he was with decided that it was important. But now, like, the news will show you, like, a top, 
you know, trending tweets or whatever. Like, it's like the news Mm -hmm. tries to, like, be like, this is what people like you care about. And that's, like, where they try to derive their authority. So, I don't know. It's kind of interesting that these murder shows have actually, like, followed a pretty broad trend in, like... That makes sense. You know, wouldn't you media say, in general. Wouldn't you say the authority on this newer breed of shows come from it being a personal story? Like getting people's personal stories? That's what I mean, though. It's like because a person, a, a, a person from the public in a way. I mean, obviously it's a specific person because it happened to them. But the, the authority comes from the fact that it is a personal story. That it is just like when they're like... Oh, it's they're like there's a snowstorm. Here we'll be sharing like pictures you sent us, like from tweets mm-hmm. you sent us of like your experience of the snowstorm or whatever. It's like they're saying like watch us because we reflect you, you know? And these stories are like it's that too. It's like they're reflecting like just a regular person back at us you know like it's and i think part of the the reason we watch is because it feels like oh this could happen to anyone like this person is just like a regular person like me and they had this horrific experience you know Mm -hmm. and so like i don't know i feel like that what i guess what we want to see on tv isn't figures of authority telling us something we want to see ourselves you know and we have a lot of different media now that like allows us to publish ourselves mm-hmm. in a bunch of different ways yeah and so i guess tv is also trying to do that and they're like here's you public yeah you know you the public or a member of the public telling you the story yeah. you know and when you say ways that we can publish ourselves you know maybe we would include reality tv in that yeah since that's a way that some few hundreds of people do yeah publish definitely. themselves that seems uh, similar. Yeah. Uh, but what you're saying makes me think of like, where do we, um, locate authority mm-hmm. nowadays? And it's not so much with like a journalist telling us the yeah. story. It is, we're, we're like more accepting of subjectivity now mm-hmm. than we were even 15 or 20 years ago. Yeah. And authority now comes from having like telling your own point of view and experience, not so much from having like the facts given to you by a, uh, a person with like a journalism degree yeah definitely yeah. yeah so like noticing that kind of i guess like broader trend between these tv shows and media in general made me kind of think like you know what else is going on in these tv shows mm-hmm. that maybe like we don't consciously think about so i was thinking like one thing that we're exploring like is just like or maybe exploiting is just the opportunity for like voyeurism you know because you get to like look like through like dominic dunn you know you get to look into the lives of the rich and famous you know and how they got murdered i guess but (laughs) you you know each time these murder shows they always tell you about how the person's life was before Mm -hmm. they were murdered you know yeah and so that's like one look and then you know obviously um like, uh, there's, like, an, another one of these shows mm-hmm. called, like, um, uh, Murder Comes to Town. And then in in that one, um, it's, like, all about small town murders. And so you learn about, like, the little town and you see people in the town talking about the town and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and they actually go there and film it. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of times um, when, like, those little towns don't have enough resources, they call in, like, what's... I don't know what the word is for, like, the not the FBI, but, like, the state's FBI, you know, like, Oklahoma Bureau oh, sure. of Investigations yeah. or whatever. And um, and those people will, like, come to the town and they'll be like, yeah, people didn't want to talk to us because they kept saying we're, like, outsiders and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So normally there would be a real barrier to, like, getting to know anything about this town and especially the people who, like, live in the houses in the town. Yeah. But here you get to, like see what those people are like and a lot of times you literally see into their homes yeah. because it's filmed in their house and know? they interview people who knew the deceased or the murderer not yeah. just family members yeah and just police. people who like know about the town you know yeah. like although the also former they, mayor. they interview police and you yeah. get to see what real police officers look like yeah. across the country totally like fat and <laughs> yeah not necessarily like i don't mean they're all clowns necessarily but yeah you see like they're these are small town people with a badge and 
And then, you know, there's um, a murder to remember that we were watching. That and... one's so different. If but I, before a... you move on to that, if I could just okay. say that, like, being voyeuristic, there's also... That's what I'm talking about still, but okay. Oh, okay. Well, Secret Lives of Stepford Wives. Yeah. Very voyeuristic. Yeah. Along the Dominic Dunn line, but more like upper class suburbia. Yeah. And also, on A Murder Comes to Town, it remi- talking what you're saying reminds me of an essay I read, I think during the election on N Plus One. I can't remember what the essay was, unfortunately, but one of the big points was that uh, when all the culture is produced in L.A. or New York, the only place that people outside of those zones see themselves on TV is in reality shows. Yeah. And now there's also a true crime show where you yeah. can see yourself reflected. And Totally. That's yeah. what I'm, Yeah, that's what I'm thinking is like that's one of the things that makes these shows really popular. Um, so I was going to mention just really quickly um, the... Um, in uh, a, a murder to remember, they um, they always show like the past. Obviously, all these murders are like in the fifties or sixties or earlier, and they always talk about like in that time period, like there weren't photo IDs, so like they couldn't just mm-hmm. ID the suspect right away. Or um, being like in one of them, like a guy um, was gay and as a like teen had been declared like legally insane because he was gay. Mm. And then he couldn't, he had like a, um, a wife who basically he did all his business dealings through and then he could, he had to kill her. He couldn't divorce her because if he divorced her, he'd lose all his business. Was that the one in like South Carolina or something? Yeah. 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 And it was just really interesting to hear like such a specific story about being gay mm-hmm. in the South the in the sixties. Yeah. South. He was like a commoner who like married into it or but through his business yeah. connections to like the more aristocratic yeah. milieu of South Carolina. Exactly. But he was gay and so yeah. he wanted to you know, live a gay life basically and his he wife wanted, he wanted that like mechanic boy to come vacation with yeah. them in Europe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that yeah. His, that made his wife <laughs> Yeah, understandable. But it was just like a, an American story that you wouldn't hear anywhere else, yeah. you know. So that was kind of or, like a look in the past into like very specific lives that you know the the depictions we see of the past usually, especially like the fifties in the South, yeah. are so like white picket fence. Yeah. Everybody's like drinking, I don't know, you know, sweet tea on the porch. Or like, there was that really great Hawaii episode. Yeah, was that like the '30s, maybe? Yeah, and it like explored like racism in Hawaii, yeah. which is something like we don't think of, especially anymore. You know, yeah, there were like some white people who got away with avenging a murder on the wrong person. Yeah, because they, like the president stepped in. Yeah, because they were and rich. Got them back to mainland America. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's also, so, you know, so I think those are, like, the opportunities for voyeurism that I was talking mm-hmm. about. And then, like, you mentioned that we don't see ourselves reflected in TV mostly. I, I totally have that same thought. And I was thinking, like, not even reality TV shows really show us mm-hmm. our own, like, middle America reality yeah. that much. Um, but then these murder shows, like we see so many different types of people, Mm -hmm. families, people like, especially now with the newer shows, I feel like in like the old days of just like 48 hours and stuff, it was a lot of like suburban stuff or like a blonde girl goes missing, you know, but now with these shows, like there's like swamp murders, (laughs) you know, um, you see so many different types of people and families, um, and financial situations you know like we like get to see people who you know always wanted to have kids but didn't get the chance to or you know i don't know like fell in love for the first time and then got murdered or just really kind of mundane stuff that's like just actually a part of people's lives and realities that matters a lot to people like whether or not they had kids or fell in love for the first time but it's not something that even a reality tv show would like really care to explore and like you're saying a murder to remember even gives you like a historical yeah you know areas of america that you see and so i was thinking like you know oh or like i've seen i watched one where um this woman was like a christian who like went and volunteered in prisons and she fell in love with a convict and they got married and they like lived really happily for like 14 years but it turned out he had like a gambling addiction and he owed people money and he ended up like murdering her for the life insurance policy and it was like so crazy like that's such a crazy story on the flip side like that's reality but it's also something like it's like 
no one's writing that TV show yeah. or whatever, you know? Can I say an example? Yeah. What about the one, uh, Murder to Remember, where the girl was like a teen in the early 60s in Texas? Oh, yeah. That and, one was crazy. Yeah. I forget how she... She had like a... Hello. Hello. Are we recording? Okay. So we were recording and our um, little portable mic died um, and we don't have any batteries. So we've had to switch back to our older method of recording. So that's why we might sound different. It's our classic setup. One microphone passed between two people. Yeah. Uh, should I recount? I was in the middle of that example. Yeah, you can do that. Okay. Uh, one episode of A Murder to Remember. A teen in the early 60s in Texas. A, a girl... Is she, promiscuous and yeah. likes to is like proud of it yeah she likes to fuck <laughs> or who knows if she was even fucking or just like making out no, her she stuff was. i mean according to her diary she was like fucking oh. and her dad found her diary she, like, wrote about it in detail in her diary yeah and her dad was apparently reading it yeah. once he found it Crazy. and freaked out they were very religious and you know crackdown yeah and then she was gonna go to college in like indiana oh, that's right and he wouldn't he said, no, you have to stay here and get a job and go to church every day and, like, yeah. repent. Yeah, and Indiana University is a good school. Yeah. And this was the early 60s, so if she had gone to college, you know, like, 62 through 65 or whatever, she would have fit right in, you know, been a young hippie or whatever, yeah. would have lived a fulfilling life. And I guess she sensed that because she became extremely depressed and suicidal. And she kept asking friends at school, would you kill me? you know and i guess people didn't take her seriously they're like oh she's such a joker uh but she just kept asking people and her ex-boyfriend you know once he was asked enough times said yeah i guess you're serious i guess yeah i'll do it and they found her body in the water or he led them to her body in the water and they put him on trial and he wasn't convicted in the early 60s basically because they told the jury oh she was a slut like she was a trash and girl. he's a good kid who's a football player and goes to church regularly yeah. so must yeah be fine. it was her fault like it was temporary insanity because she nagged him so much yeah. like they didn't actually argue what is seems evident to be the truth but what's the reason i wanted to mention that example is because we're talking about getting insight into different areas and even times of the country and all of the texans that they interview who were friends with them um they still think that he murdered her they don't even though she was going around telling people that basically she wants to die they don't believe that she did they believe that the boyfriend murdered her yeah and they also believe that it was a huge problem that she was such a slut basically like they were all still really judgy about that yeah so it's this like yeah interesting insight into old texans that I don't know. Don't believe that this woman has the agency to want to take her own life. Yeah. 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 So, like I said, I definitely think we get a lot of like voyeurism, um, enjoyment, I guess, out of these types of shows, um, and also that this is like where we actually find ourselves reflected back even more so than reality TV. Like I said, you know, um, we see so many different types of people and families and relationships and financial situations. And, um, you know, like not to get too high and mighty, but I really feel like these shows like kind of show us what it actually means to be an American. Like who are the actual people that like America is made up of, you know, it's not people who are like pretty enough or weird and kooky enough to get on a reality TV show. You know, it's people, it's like the victim's grandma and stuff like that, that, you know, and when I was, um, younger i used to really love watching um unsolved mysteries and stuff like that especially unsolved mysteries though and um i always thought that it i knew that i was growing up obviously in a home that wasn't like a typical american home because i'm macedonian my family's macedonian everything we do and eat and a lot of times you know we spoke macedonian like so to me, a lot of times when I would watch these shows, I felt like I was getting a glimpse into what 
American families and households and even like I said houses look like you know like what it looks like inside like obviously I had friends and stuff I mean this wasn't the only way that I saw but it was it definitely felt like a glimpse into inside almost like the houses in my neighborhood that I couldn't just walk into you know so yeah I don't know you seem like you're gonna say something oh okay um okay so Okay. I was just going to mention that we just watched an episode of Murder Comes to Town, the like uh-huh. small town murder show, where they were from Gus Davis, which is right near where I grew up. Yeah. And that was fun. It <laughs> <That> was interesting. <laughs> but yeah, you get to see uh, people who are from there that you wouldn't see even on a reality show because they're not outlandish, loud people. And in fact, it seemed like the like a chronically low IQ score ran in that family's genetics. Yeah. So, you know, you're not going to see people like that in other shows. Yeah. Yeah. Nice people though. (laughs) I don't mean. I know what you mean. And then, so I was thinking, okay, like obviously one thing we're getting is voyeurism, but what else is going on um, with these TV shows? Like, do they serve a broader function? Because obviously like um, murder is like a frightening thing to all of us and death is a a topic that honestly we don't actually discuss like very much in our society in general and then obviously storytelling serves a function for people like it can it can be therapeutic and things like that right so the fact that we have these stories where we actually like or we have these shows that allow people to tell stories about murder and death is like I think that might serve like a bigger purpose you know for us like as a as a culture as a society and then you know like on my favorite murder which is a podcast we listen to where they also talk about true crime um you know they always like say that they like watching these shows because they're they feel like they're like gaining some control or like learning something like you know um they always say like don't you don't don't be polite or whatever because a lot of especially like women who get murdered especially like in older times like it it always would be like well she just didn't want to say no or you know she just felt like she had to go along with him or she just went on the date even though she didn't want to and then she ended up murdered you know um and i think that that's like a good thing to take away from it but i um we've like listened we listened to on the media also and i'll like never forget this episode of on the media where they talked about murder and death and stuff like that um and there was a woman on there from um this like project i wish i should have looked it up what it was called but it was like this project in dc where she keeps track of every murder that's happened in dc and um on the podcast um they basically like well i wrote i took a little piece of the transcript and um so one person the the main lady says um Edna Buchanan says and one of the murder and one was the murder of this young man who lived with his grandmother mother and I happened to find myself in that neighborhood and I stopped by knocked on the door and she opened it and I introduced myself and I said I wanted to talk to her about her grandson and she took a deep breath stepped back threw the door wide open and invited me in and she said I wondered why nobody came And the other woman who runs the website, Laura Amico, said, that's really what I find happens every day covering this beat. People have these deeply emotional moments. And what we see is that when they're not asked for their stories and when they're not asked what happened, they get the impression it doesn't matter. Their son's life or their mother's life wasn't worth talking about. And I think that's the saddest thing. And so I was thinking, like, I think that might be, like, the bigger purpose that these shows really serve is, like, it's not just that they're reflecting our, like, reality of who we are as Americans back to us, but they're also validating us as, like, human beings that, like, the lives of a a person in small town America matter and deserve a TV show just as much as, you know, the suburbanite or the rich and famous person that Dominic Dune covers and all these excuse me all these people's stories are like really important because their lives are important yeah. you know yeah that's cool yeah um okay so then i had a question which was um what's up with murder and sex what <laughs> uh, what do you mean 
Well, a lot of these TV shows, like you were mentioning the Stepford Wives one, yeah. or when, like we were watching um, A Murder to Remember with my parents, and there was one where they were like showing like a guy, I guess he, the murder dude, like was into teen prostitutes, but they were like showing in like kind of a blurred version of like him 69ing with like a teen prostitute oh, yeah, and stuff like that. That's right, yeah. You know, there's always a, like this. And and also in our fiction too, but I, a lot of Snap sometimes does this too, oh, yeah. where they kind of like, like the murder shows are so weirdly supposed to be like titillating or something yeah, like that. Definitely. And I feel like yeah. what's going on there? Like what's that about? Well, first of all, you mentioned that those old shows especially are very tawdry. Yeah. So I mean, it just goes along with that, for one thing, the lurid sexual detail. Yeah. But I mean, there's a lot of easy answers to give, right? Like. Um, like murder and base uh, is base and so is like sex and so it's about like uh, human as animal you're saying it's all reptile brain stuff maybe yeah that makes sense um what was i gonna say one obvious one is like um it's a way to make it feel like you're not gonna get murdered because you don't lead one of oh, these tawdry sinful lives that's and murder only happens to people who implicitly deserve it. Um, snapped too, like a lot of those snapped Lifetime Movie Network stories are all about like bad women. Yeah, it's so it's so interesting to me that all that those like women centric stations are obsessed with stories of bad women. Yeah, yeah. There was one other thing I was thinking of too that was seemed kind of obvious. Um. Well, both like sex and murder are like being scared and being aroused. Like yeah. it like heightens all your like feelings and emotions and, and experience. So I wonder if partially like some of these TV shows just want you to have this like mix of feelings so that that's like like so you you like want to watch the next episode, you know, because yeah. of what it arouses in you. Yeah, that makes sense. Used to, that's more of the lizard brain thing, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's and what I think about. And the other thing I was going to mention it is really similar to what I said about, um, uh, like, you deserve yeah. a murder if you're overly sexual. We, in, you know, American Protestant and Catholic Western descended society yeah. are still uncomfortable with sex. Yeah. Um, so it's like a psychic expression of that discomfort. Mm. Um I don't know. That makes sense, right? That yeah. seems kind of obvious. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, then going along, especially with like, yeah. oh bad yeah, women. sex is dangerous, right? Yeah. Like bad things can happen to you if you're having sex. Right. Yeah, and seeing these stories just it helps you reinforce that cultural notion. Yeah. That we're all supposed to have anyway. That's true. Okay. Well, going along with that idea of like bad women, and I think another interesting thing that gets explored in these TV shows, and and I feel like there's maybe a note actually probably not over representation but is like um like women and murder whether it's like women committing committing murder or being murdered yeah. or like they used to have this show called i think it was called stalked where it actually yeah. wasn't technically a murder show but it was sometimes it was and sometimes it wasn't it was about women being stalked by boyfriends or husbands or yeah. whatever and it just kind of uniquely underscored for me how much um how many like how much violence there is mm -hmm. towards women and how many different ways there are of people being violent towards women like like stalking or like being abusive like a, a lot of times in these shows there's like an abusive husband or something like that you know yeah now that you mention it i'm not sure if there's almost no episodes where a woman isn't being killed or doing the killing. Yeah, exactly. And so I just, I, there, I feel like there's such an over representation of that, but maybe that's just actually the reality of murder in this country. I don't know. I was just thinking like women in particular play such an important role in these shows. Yeah. I think it's probably an over representation. Like you're saying, is it reflective of how, common violence towards women in our society is and of course in part because there are so many stories to be told yeah but it's what ultimately what they're doing is choosing to tell the stories that involve women That's true. there are plenty of daily murders that happen between men yeah but you never see episodes about that 
do so I think sometimes. But you do, we saw so one yesterday, but it was a really old one, and it was about gang violence. Yeah. And, and like, it was like Latinos and black people, so it reflects, you know, people's discomfort with... Yeah, broad cultural notion, but like, yeah. 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 Like, the only reason they were telling that story was because it was the, the late 90s, early 2000s, mm. and people were concerned about, you know brown and black people yeah. committing crime violent crime it, over pointless things in this episode it was like messing up somebody's room yeah. so it's like the perfect story for that cultural moment especially because they had videos of the party where it looks like any party i had been to back back home in yeah. rural ohio just people hanging out on a couch drinking sitting around laughing talking about stuff yeah. but they're all brown and i don't know maybe most suburbanites don't have experiences like that so it seems more scary but uh I think instead of it reflecting so much the reality, it reflects like they're choosing to tell those stories. So it reflects an obsession with violence towards women, mm. not as much a reality, although maybe yes, that too, yeah. but like an obsession with stories about violence towards women yeah. and by women. Why do you think that is? I don't know. <laughs> but I, I don't know. That's that's that would be my guess for why there's so I'm many more stories about it. Is it back to that idea of like it's like sometimes it's titillating or interesting or is it because it goes like I know when the women are committing the murders that goes against our ideas of like women as the fairer sex and whatever. So maybe that's part of the reason those are like more um, intriguing or whatever. Uh, but I mean a lot of times it'll well, I guess maybe like a lot of times the story is like a mom who got murdered or whatever. I, I and, was going to say, yeah, I don't think there's any one reason why, because some stories, yeah, it's a mom who got murdered and they love and like, telling stories about that. Because it's an unlikely victim as far as they're concerned. And it's, it's also, a perfect victim. Yeah. To like highlight how terrible murder is yeah. that this mother was taken away from yeah. this earth. We saw one of the murder comes to town. I wanted to mention in that show, we just happened to drive through a part of Colorado that was really beautiful. It was like southern in the shadow of the mountains, sort of like kind of far away, but you could still see them. And it's just a beautiful place. We drove through and we stopped and we were so excited to see they had an episode just <laughs> yeah. about a murder there. And you got to see the, the little town there. And that woman was a mother. And it was a really sad story about how she was killed. And then, uh, do you remember what the kids did? Yeah, her like eight-year-old son got his little brothers out, two little brothers out of bed, and then he put coats on them and grabbed ammunition and a rifle. And they had to like step over their dead mom's body because she was like running to the bedroom, I guess, to protect them when she was killed. And then he like walked his little brothers over to like the neighbor's house to call for help. And it, um, and someone That's so sad I and know, cute. I know it was crazy. Yeah. And you could, I was telling Adam, like you could tell those little kids have been like well taken care of their entire lives because mm-hmm. they're like, you don't go outside without a coat, you yeah. know, like even Let me in, zip it up for you. Yeah, even like a moment of turmoil. Did like, you mention that he grabbed the rifle? Yeah, the yeah, because he was gonna protect his little yeah. brothers, yeah. like. I mean, that's like, you can tell that's like a close-knit family. He didn't just run for help for himself. It was like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I thought that was so sweet. You mentioned, like, they thought, well, maybe the mom was into drugs. Because and you were like, someone had spray-painted, uh, well, I guess the killer had spray-painted, uh, my drugs are not free. Yeah. And I, I knew immediately because of that little story about the coat that, like, no way, this is a kid that's been taken care of. Yeah his entire life like yeah. you know no one for he hasn't gone without a coat because his mom was too high or never gone outside without a coat yeah. or boots yeah yeah even in this like you know terrifying moment yeah he's still we have to put our coat on we yeah. have to put our boots on. yeah, yeah. Uh, and in that story i remember the cops saying how um affected they were that a mother had been killed like in the home with her children and they saw the and body trying to and protect her children, like trying right to protect in the doorway children, of yeah. their room, yeah, you know, yeah. like, and it's true. That is sad. Yeah. That is affecting. And it motivated them to do their job, which is fair. But if it were a man, they wouldn't have thought to say that, that, Oh, we're yeah. so touched that this dad was killed yeah. in the same house with his children. Yeah. Maybe there is a connection. I was saying, well, there's probably many different reasons why there's this obsession with violence by and towards women. Um, but maybe there is a bigger connection. Like it, it's all about policing women's roles. This was a good yeah. woman. Oh, 
she yeah, didn't deserve yeah. to die. Right. Meanwhile, there are plenty of bad women who yeah, commit murders. Yeah, a lot of times they'll say, and... like, uh, she wasn't living, like, a high-risk life or something yeah, like yeah. that, you know? And it's like... A high-risk life means, in some cases, like, doing what you want to. Do you want to do drugs? Do you want to, like, fuck? Like, yeah. that? do you want to go to the bar? Because uh, yeah. all of that oh, yeah. can be high-risk behavior, yeah. you know? The, uh, the amount of times that, like, a woman's husband dies and then she, like, goes out drinking. Oh, she yeah. must be a murderer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that... Or parents. How many stories yeah. have we seen where it's, like, the parents die and then, oh, my God... This this nineteen year old girl is going to parties just a month later. Yeah. Can you imagine? She must be the murderer. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you're right. I think it is about policing women's roles. I think that's a really good point. Um, and it certainly is telling us how yeah. like women should behave. Yeah, yeah. And I want to be clear, I mean the fact that we tell and share these stories, the ones we choose to tell and how we choose to tell them. Yeah. Uh, is about policing women's roles. I'm not talking specifically about doing murders and things like that although you know i'm sure there are plenty of men who've killed women because they thought they weren't doing what women are supposed to do yeah yeah so you know there are opportunities for voyeurism they reflect back our own reality of like our neighborhoods and the people around us and they also uh, tell us how to behave these shows (laughs) um and then so i was thinking okay so what do they like lead us to believe about our society then you know Um, So certainly that like women shouldn't engage in high risk behavior. Um, But also like the cops are like always heroes on these shows. And it's always like, I promised that family we'd find out who did this. We'd get justice for their daughter or whatever, you know. Um, And sometimes um, it's the cops who are heroes and sometimes it's the forensics team, you know, like or the prosecutor. But it's like the justice system doesn't let people down yeah. right and like all of these stories and i was just thinking like are, are there any times when you know we because i know like we, through like listening to podcasts and like reading about it online like forensic teams fuck up all the time rape kits don't get tested like mistakes get made or cops fuck up or bully people into false confessions or you know but that or sometimes like the family is at odds with the prosecutor like the prosecutor wants to push for a death sentence and people in the family don't believe yeah The the victim's family yeah don't believe in like the death penalty and stuff like that and so like even like really high profile cases like um the Oklahoma City bombings like mm-hmm. there are like a group of family members from that that like have started like anti um death penalty like uh, advocacy group you know because they didn't want him to be put to death but the yeah. the prosecutor was like no we're putting him to death like you know um so I was thinking, like, is there ever a time that they show us um, someone fucking up, like, the cops or whatever? And the only one I could think of was this. I was watching. It's actually a Canadian show. I was watching. It's called, I think I think it's Canadian. It's called, like, Murder in Paradise, though, and it's about people dying in, like, Bermuda or the Caribbean or wherever. And on this episode, I was watching about this, like, 14-year-old girl who was, like, really brutally raped and murdered in bermuda um that was like the one time where it was like the cops fucked up the prosecutors fuck fucked up the forensics team fucked up and so it's basically it seemed to be telling us like you know our own cops and forensics teams and stuff are great but when you go to like a third world country or whatever that's when you can't trust the justice system you know so I think it's gotten better lately with the newer shows, especially like historically. What's it called? Uh, what's the one about past murders? Murder, murder to remember. remember. Like there, there they will talk about the cops probably fucked up because it was fifty or yeah, sixty years ago, true. and we're not racist anymore. Right. They don't have a problem with that story. I love the old breed of like snapped and older, forty eight hours yeah. and everything. Yeah. They. One great thing about those shows is they all follow the exact same format. It's all like just they like have the outline and they just plug the new story into the. I literally have a note here about how some there's something oddly comforting about these shows and yeah. that like I have fallen asleep many times to 48 <laughs> yeah. hours because 
the formula is so like I know exactly what's gonna happen I know someone already died yeah. at the end and like I can usually fall asleep while they're still telling the yeah. story of the victim's life before yeah. the attack so like I don't know it's like that formula is it's yeah. so formulaic I can fall asleep yeah. to it. that's why some of the new shows like evil lives here and I come a witness yeah. are so good because you don't know what's gonna happen yeah. um even evil uh, i mean murder comes to town like they will run down like seven different suspects yeah i noticed that i was surprised they yeah. do that that's and, really cool instead like in 48 hours it's always like it's either this guy or this guy you know yeah. or we know it's the husband basically yeah. you know and murder comes to town they're showing the legit police work of running down leads yeah. and eliminating people that they, they like show suspects that seem extremely likely and then they'll be like, oh, no, his alibi checks out perfectly fine. Yeah. So then they have to move on to a different suspect. You would never see that in 48 hours. Yeah. But those old shows, the part of the formula is the police are investigating. And then, you know, at like, what are those shows, 20 minutes or 40? 40 something, right? I think they're usually 40. Yeah. So then like, oh, at the 20 minute mark, the police arrest somebody. And then it's time for the trial. Yeah. And, f and when they're telling the story about the trial, they always present the defense's case as if it's plausible so the prosecution says we know this is the person and this is why and then the defense is you know making their argument too and the show always presents it like you know decide for yourself which one of these uh -huh. is true and then the at the end they're they usually convict sometimes they're let go but especially when they convict then the show is like oh i guess they were guilty yeah. <laughs> forget what we were talking about for the last 10 or 15 minutes why maybe they weren't guilty yeah. They were found guilty by a jury, so they're yeah. guilty. Yeah. That is like the level of faith in the justice system that you would get from TV until like 2012. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I think um, uh, Evil Lives Here, which is a show about people who like have basically lived with a murderer at some point, like, you know, someone's son turned into a murderer, or their husband turned into a murderer or whatever. Um I think with that show in particular, you get like the most nuance because like a lot of times the people are like talking about how like, I mean, like how, like, I guess, you know, in those cases that the guy is a murderer that they're talking about. But at the same time, you get a lot of nuance about like the humanity of a murderer, you know, like that he was a son and yeah. that there was a family that like loved him and tried to get him help and, you know, spent a lot of time and money trying to like help him. Okay. So we just had another technical difficulty. We are really having <laughs> trouble today. Uh, it turned out that our puppy was chewing on a cord that we were using and so the computer told us we were having a power surge. <laughs> yeah. uh, luckily, like probably all Americans, our house is covered with USB cables. Yeah. So we just grabbed another one and we're fine. Yeah. Uh, you were telling us about it. Evil Lives Here. Yeah. Yeah. I was just saying how like that show really actually provides a lot of nuance compared to like a 48 hours because we do see the humanity of killers mm -hmm. and um, it doesn't just give us the sense of like, okay, uh, and then we locked him up and the story's over yeah. and everything's great, you know? Yeah. It's like, no, this family is like shattered and everybody's lives are ruined that knew this person and like they'll never be like happy again. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> and, and putting them in jail isn't going to solve that is really what I mean. Oh. And I love the stories like I Come a Witness, which is a new one. Yeah. It's kind of like I Survived. Uh, which is basically like a true crime pioneer. Like when I survived came out, all true crime was still like 48 hours. Yeah. What's so great about those are... They're the most, ter the most terrifying. It's true. Yeah, they are. But what I especially like is they don't follow the same format. They don't follow the same story formula like we're talking about. Um, like narratively, it's extremely interesting because you literally don't know what's going to happen next. It doesn't have a predictable story structure and it's not told that way um so if you're at all interested in like if you're the type of person who thinks about narrative structure in movies or tv you got to be checking out like eyewitness and i survived but also about i survived like i think like i was saying it's actually the scariest because normally the focus in these shows is like on how the family was aff affected or how the investigation was done like we were talking about running down leads and stuff like that 
but and I survived it's usually like a pretty gruesome account of like what actually happened from a first person perspective and it's like one camera steady on their face you know like um and like I know that like it's great because they like lived (laughs) right like I mean it should be a happy thing ultimately because they lived but it's like you actually have to focus on the act that you know like on the attempted murder right and like what it was like to live through that versus like in 48 hours they'll like spend a bunch of time talking about what kind of mom she was and then it's like and then she was found dead in her bathtub and then they move on to like how the family felt and the investigation I'm I know I just said this but I'm just saying like it's such a different experience to to have the murder be like a tiny piece of it it's almost like law and order it's like the murder happens at the very beginning and then then we have like Elliot Stabler or whatever trying to figure out what the fuck happened you know um and so you don't have to like live with the murder here it's like the whole show is the murder or the attempted murder or or rape or whatever you know and it's like so so intense like it's really hard not to imagine yourself in that situation eyewitness is a little different it's I like first person like I survived but um it's a little different so if you can't handle necessarily that level of yeah Yeah, intensity (laughs) yeah you can still watch eyewitness and everybody should see um it's a brand new show so there's only a few episodes and either the first or the second one was that girl from new jersey you remember and her dad was shot yeah Yeah, that one there are so many twists it's incredible um so i'm not even gonna i would love to tell the story of what happened but i'm not going to so that you can seek it out for yourself if you want um yeah the level of twist is unreal the narrative structure is you know not anything you could come up with if you're trying to write a fictional story um the premise of that show is more like she was having breakfast and her dad went out to get the mail and then she heard a gunshot and she looked out and he was like bleeding in the driveway so in that case the murder is kind of like you're saying at the beginning but uh yeah so it's easier to stomach not necessarily this episode but a little bit not that that episode was like so intense like we had to watch like hours of like comedy afterwards (laughs) evil lives here can be the same way what was the really intense intense one that we watched the first one that we watched oh well that was the um the guy's son and woman's son whatever uh grew up to be a mass shooter Mm. and he had like there like since he was four they had like institutionalized him and gotten him like therapy and try I mean just tried so many different things to like deal with him and he was just increasingly more and more violent and especially with the stepmom and just like oh yeah that was terrifying yeah he was really terrifying towards the stepmom and like when she would say some of the stuff he did or said to her it was just like oh my gosh I can't imagine like living in that house with that person especially as he's getting older and actually, you know, getting taller than her and bigger than her. Cause he's a teen. Like, um, but the, I mean, there's a woman whose husband was, became a killer. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also one that was a cult. Yeah. It was, um, a Mormon splinter group yeah. that this guy just attracted a small amount of followers and they moved to this little town in Ohio where there's a Mormon temple that I guess Mormons believe will be, like instrumental in the Mormon apocalypse second coming or whatever. And he, uh, after a while, like he started getting abusive towards the members and, and shit and buying a lot of guns. And then he had a plan to kill everybody within like a three mile radius of the temple and take it over. Instead he killed a five person family. Like, yeah, that was really crazy. Um, yeah. And they talked to the people that lived with him. Right. That's like the premise of this show is, first person interviews from the family members or whoever was living with evil yeah uh, so I think we've talked about most of the stuff I wanted to talk about one thing I wanted to ask you is what do you how do you feel about reenactments in these shows awful well it's fun sometimes uh, if you are a, what would you call it? if you're an aficionado of reenactments you can rewatch old unsolved mysteries yeah. and see the very first appearance of Matthew McConaughey 
As like a shirtless dude playing basketball, it's yeah. amazing. <laughs> um, there's like other celebrities in old reenactments, like I think especially of Unsolved Murders too. Um, the the reenactments from Unsolved Mysteries where they're talking about like aliens and ghosts yes. are the best. the best. There was one where when we were in college and we were getting a little stoned and watching Unsolved <laughs> Mysteries DVDs because yeah. this is one video rental place that still existed. There was that one where I think it was like an alien possession and they put like green light on the guy's face and he like floated in the corner and we legit got scared (laughs) yeah um they have the best reenactments um i mean in general i think reenactments can be like so so tacky but i have to say that a crime to remember like they really commit and they do like a full like tv episode reenactment period costumes yeah Yeah. it's like pretty good like i was surprised by that you know yeah, I have been surprised by that, too. I was against watching that show because I knew it was going to be so much reenactment, but they do a good job. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. The best reenactments, the best ones, are where they don't have a lot of dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> the writing of the dialogue is terrible. The delivery is terrible. If you can minimize that, it gets a lot better. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. Um, okay, and then I th- think... That was. I mean, in reenactments, uh, it's like against the ethos of what true crime is. the The reason that w- I and I think you two are drawn to true crime, and I always have been too. I remember, I've always watched too much TV. So if you're watching TV in the afternoon, it was like the only thing on. But I started to really love it as a teen because it's um, the same reason I like reality shows. It, it, stuff happens that you couldn't write, yeah. or you wouldn't write it so well. Um, so to have reenactments just defeats the, the draw for me. Well, but it also depends. Like, I think sometimes like you want, like the distance, a reenactment allows you to distance, even though they're trying to like literally show you what happened. I think it allows you because it's distracting how bad the acting is usually. I think it allows you to like distance yourself from the actual murder, you know? So if you're like a person who you know doesn't want to know like the gore and the details and stuff like that like a murder to remember is like it's like watching like an old-timey movie or tv show every episode and it doesn't feel so real because it happened in the past like these people would be dead anyway at this point you know like (laughs) um, not that that minimizes like the sadness of people dying but you know yeah (laughs) um and then everybody being like in costumes and shit i don't know it doesn't feel so real versus like you know like when it's like you know uh evil lives here or something like that and that woman is talking about like you know something that happened like three years ago in her life that was like real and fucking intense you know there there are a few true crime shows that for me use way too many primary documents like you know security cam footage or pictures i was gonna ask you about that yes how do you feel about that i'm gonna tell you i hate it i don't like it don't want to see the police footage from the crime scene i don't want to see actual blood spatter on the walls i don't want to see the body like i know that like i'm saying i like true crime shows but i like more like the show not like the murder i don't love murder actually i mean you know like it's so creepy to me and it feels too voyeuristic it feels like i'm seeing too much like actually i'm not an investigator i don't need every single detail like i'm not actually gonna solve this crime so Mm -hmm. chill out like just i'd rather have a reenactment in that case you know there are some times where it works for me like the oj documentary yeah they showed the pictures and it was extremely brutal but it it allows you to understand the crime a lot better yeah i think it, it really helped you understand the crime and it was the first time i'd ever seen those photos me too so it really because the oj trial is such a big thing that like looms in our pop culture memory and everything Mm -hmm. like that it really cut to the heart like it it cut all that shit away and made me realize like what a sad and gruesome murder this was and that it was a really brutal fucking murder you know Mm -hmm. that it wasn't just like all the oj stuff and the hype and the trial the at the center of it was like a really terrible Situ- like murder I mean yeah. situations like really terrible way to lose your life you know so I think in that case it was actually pretty impactful to have the the reality of those photos because the case itself is so it distances you from mm-hmm. what happened yeah. you know 
everything else around it distracts you from the, the victims. Yeah. I don't even like seeing the shows where they show like, oh, here's some security cam footage from Walmart. This is the last time this lady was seen alive. I know. I hate so that. I don't want to see that. I know. And I always think like, oh my God, she doesn't know, but we know. And this yeah. was her last moments. It's too it's much. It's too intense for me. Yeah, me too. What I love, we were watching one the other day. It's a newer show where they've started to, okay, so they have the reenactments, yeah. but then they have the actors like reenact the police interrogation and they take a security cam footage of the acting <laughs> yes, and yeah. show you that. Yeah, yeah I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I need to be like distanced, but also feel like there's some reality. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, well, the, so my last question is, do you think that this is like a distinctly American phenomenon? Like, there are because okay i watch true crime shows from other countries and like i watched an australian one that was like australian crime stories or something like that and it was so fucking boring like i turned it off like halfway because i was like this is so dull because it was very like matter of fact and just giving you the facts and it was much more newsy like like it they're still trying to go with the news angle and act like this is not tawdry and like not like local to like yeah. l- like gawk at someone's murder you know and um and then i watched a couple canadian ones and they were way too intense like it was like super gruesome so many details like a lot of times showing you the crime footage from the police or pictures and, like so many details like it's not just like and then she was raped and murdered it was like details about yeah. like what happened you know that i don't need at all unless i want nightmares like you know <laughs> more realistic yeah. nightmares <laughs> that's interesting i'd like to see that just to at least a few episodes to see what their approach is like i bet the uk has some really lurid tawdry true crime stuff well i was gonna say so i watched i think one thing that's unique to like the uk is they love like looking into the past i guess because that's like they feel like their greatest times are behind them or whatever <laughs> and so like the empire is gone now um and so like we had watched um like a three-part a series called like a very british murder which was like with this woman exploring both true crime and how true crime had entered into being popular and then also simultaneously looking at literature dealing with murders like that was really great yeah like agatha christie and like victorian murder mysteries yeah around that time we also watched um who's the lady about rome the historian that oh has mary shows? beard's rome mary beard's rome it's like a mary beard's rome for true crime yeah 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 it was very very good very interesting lucy worsley is her name mm. or something like yeah, that that's, yeah. and um so so i wa- we watched that and then um i looked into a scottish true crime murder mm. show and it also turned out to be like historical like it was like talking they were talking about some a guy who was like a doctor in Scotland in like the 1800s and was like murdering his wife slowly and like then murdered other people like including like a maid in their house that was pregnant with his child and Mm -hmm. stuff and it was like very proper like there are all these like because it's also like historical so there are all these like professors and shit talking about (laughs) it you know so that was like a very different true crime experience that reminds me on like i wanted to mention a murder to remember yeah because we were talking about how oh you need a journalist you know 20 years ago to deliver your true crime story so it feels legit yeah they can lend their authority to it now on like a murder to remember they bring in like karen kilgariff and other true crime podcast hosts to lend their authority to it (laughs) yeah which is funny because on my favorite murder, which is what Karen Kilgariff is from, they always are like, if you want facts, listen to a different podcast. Like, we don't do research. Yeah. And then they bring her on like she is a history professor who specializes yeah. in true crime. Yeah. And they just have her tell you the facts. Yeah. 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 One other British show. Did you forget? Is it Ross Kemp's Murder Files? Oh, my God. That was the most intense. Yeah. That was too intense, That was too. super brutal. We only so saw one episode. That's why, though, I was thinking, like, maybe this is kind of uniquely American, like this specific type of tv show that can be a murder show that's like entertaining and doesn't necessarily give you nightmares at the end of the night you know because our murder shows in general i mean there are some that if you want like a more lurid one or a more gruesome one or whatever there's that too but like in general they strike a balance between like reflecting reality back at us but also being 
like light enough and entertaining enough and moving the story along enough and stuff like that 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 it is still entertainment you know we have the real pulpy ones where it's enough of an artifice that yeah you can enjoy it or fall asleep like snapped yeah snapped is hits the perfect note of yeah pulpy fun yeah 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 like you like want to have like a cocktail while you're watching snapped you know (laughs) yeah um so yeah, that's it. i think that's a good point that makes sense yeah so that's all of my thoughts i think basically on murder and murder yeah. tv shows that's good we covered it we've put true crime to, to bed yeah we've written the book on it now there's nothing else to talk about yeah <laughs> okay well so if you do want to uh listen to a true crimes podcast i do recommend mm-hmm. uh my favorite murder i will say that they're like really into like punishment like they always want people to get a heavier and heavier punishment yeah I've noticed and i that. uh don't endorse that you know yeah. <laughs> only because i do think like it really you have to really believe that our justice system is like like that we're not gonna yeah. fuck up if we're gonna yeah. put someone to death or put them in prison for life i know for the two of us watching some of those like old true crime shows that we're talking about where 48 hours like they show you why maybe this person is innocent and then they find them guilty and they say, oh, I guess they were guilty. A lot of the fun for us was watching those and being like, no, he's not. You're putting an innocent man to jail. Yeah, yeah. Like that's our reaction to every one of those yeah, episodes. Yeah, I know. And most of like almost all the time I like am inclined to like give the person the benefit of the doubt un- mm-hmm. unless it's like really clear. Like, yeah. you know, that they're the one like in yeah. this one I watched. This woman had like three giant dogs and obviously it was her husband who killed her because like no one else could get past mm-hmm. those dogs like her coworkers were like yeah we just picked her up and dropped her off at her house we never went in her house because her dogs were insane you know yeah. and it's like yeah obviously that's he killed her you know but he was like no no i'm innocent he was like <laughs> on this show like usually people like won't do an interview if they've yeah. actually been convicted but he is like all on this show saying he was innocent i was like ah, mm, yeah. no no <laughs> that's one thing i feel real conflicted about in the 48 hours dateline vein of true crime is the interviews yeah with the person who is maybe probably a murderer yeah i feel real conflicted about that uh, it makes me hate the the journalists yeah. who do that me work too. sit down there and put that little face on yeah and, and ask pointed questions yeah. did you kill your wife <laughs> you know it's like he yeah, he's going to tell you, yeah. you know, like, what's the point of this? Like, obviously, it's like yeah. the, you know, more the desire to like see so that you can feel like an armchair detective and be like, oh, uh-huh. he twitched his left eye. He's lying, yeah. you know, like. I just can't imagine like taking your little suitcase to your hotel and waking up in the morning <laughs> and brushing your teeth with a tiny little toothpaste tube and be like, what am I going to ask the murderer today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also not feeling conflicted about like giving airtime to someone that uh, presumably you believe is guilty you know like it it stokes all the like worst i don't know things about the american obsession with true crime if we can call it obsession and fame yeah but even this they'll ask the questions like well uh uh your wife died and then you went out and bought a new car does that something does that to other people that seems like something that you wouldn't do if you were really grieving yeah you know it's like a it's like those interviews give them a space to air and reinforce all of our like worst um, attitudes and impulses uh, when it comes to murder. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And like all the perverted ways that we seek justice. Mm. Yeah, 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 true. Yeah, so anyway, um, hope you enjoyed this episode. Yeah, this is one of our favorite topics and genre of TV. Yeah, and this was fun for us because it's something like I thought about and had a lot of ideas about and wanted to talk about and Adam's more like reacting to my ideas which I like because it feels more like a Mm -hmm. like a conversation yeah I think it worked good yeah okay so yeah maybe check out my favorite murder or some of the tv shows we talked about like evil lives here murder comes to town yeah Yeah. definitely I'd say evil lives here and eyewitness are like the best if you can handle a more intense one yeah murder comes to town is pretty fun though because like yeah. i said you get to like learn about these little different tiny towns yeah. across america and uh a murder to remember is super compelling yeah. we just um after new year sat down with your parents and like just watched them all day and didn't yeah. get up from the couch yeah. after for hours yeah so um, also if you love cereal and you're like us you always 
think that people are innocent, you should check out The Staircase if you haven't seen The Staircase. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's like, like, if yeah, you're not like a true crime fan if you haven't watched The Staircase. Yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, what was the other Making one on Netflix? Murder. Yeah, it's like Making a Murder. Yeah. Yeah, it's like one story told over eight or nine episodes. Yeah. And, yeah. And that's more like the upper class to view into the Definitely. upper class. Yeah, he's like a successful writer and they have like a huge mansion and that's like really crazy and cool and mm-hmm. yeah. Um, okay, so that's it. Hope you liked it. Goodbye forever. No. <laughs> okay, see ya. <laughs>